Hey everyone, Pastor Caleb here. First of all, I want to thank you for clicking on this podcast episode. And I hope that as you listen, you'll find something encouraging, something to help you with your journey as you go about your day. So the lesson or the title of this message today is The Untamable Tongue. We're going to go to James chapter 3. The main passage we want to look at is James 3, 1 through 13, but I'm just going to read a few verses from it. Verse 1, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Wow. Well, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I suppose as a kid, we've, we had to learn that phrase to, to get over the wounds we received from words. Because the truth is, words can hurt. Words can leave lasting wounds. Unlike guns, no one has to carry a permit for their mouth. <laughs> Unlike shots fired, the deadliest things said are not reported to the authorities, and no one is charged with a crime. We can get a tongue lashing that changes the trajectory of our life. We can cut people down and kill their spirit with what we say. We can lift people up out of the dumps with kind words. Peace and love can be experienced through what is said to us. As Proverbs 18 and 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. We can choose to speak life to people or we can crush and destroy with our words. Maybe that proverb should be what we learned as a kid. Maybe that would have helped. So this this first verse, it, it really this is a scary passage for public speakers. I'm going to be honest; it's a scary passage for me. The fact that I'm up here, or or that I you know in this on this podcast talking about this with my own untamable tongue is humbling, right? Uh, as a preacher, you know or a teacher, your words can have more weight and, and therefore do more damage. One of the reasons for this is that it's uh, it's a speaking role. Teachers are not the only ones, though. You know, speakers and teachers, we all have speaking roles in our lives. There are areas where what we say is part of our responsibility. Uh, fathers and mothers should take special care with their words towards their kids. You, you can really give life or take it because you have that role to speak life into them. You can really give, um, you know, Ephesians 6 and 4 says, do not exasperate your children. So you can really give or take life by your words to them. Uh, it says, do not, or another translation of that says, do not provoke them. Do not provoke your children to wrath. It, it's the same with a spouse. It's scary to think how God will judge what we have said to those who God has put in our care. Think about it. What are the things maybe you've said to people that, that you know, you know, it, it really had a, an impact? There are endless examples of this, like a boss, a school teacher, a coach, or, or just a close friend. The point is, there are certain places where our words might have more weight than others, okay? We can probably all remember something a person in our life said that impacted us for, for good or bad. <clears throat> I know... Uh, one of our young people in one of the ministry that we had, my wife and I had, 
she would always, uh, a phrase she would say is, I believe in you. And that, that was so special. And, and that it means something when somebody says, hey, I believe in you or I have faith in you. And believe it or not, you, you don't realize the impact of, of things you've said and that one they can do. So the other obvious reason that teachers are judged stricter, though, is that they're the ones doing the talking, right? James is practically repeating what he, what he said in chapter one about being slow to speak and quick to hear. We should be slow to teach and quick to learn, slow to preach and quick to study, slow to argue and quick to hear the other side. The more we talk, the easier it is to put our foot in our mouth. Amen. <laughs> oh, man, this is so true. See, uh, and then the bold statement made in verse 2 is, is if he, we could tame our tongues, we could keep our entire self in check. Wow. It says, uh, you know, we would, you know, is we would not be at fault that we would be perfect, really, if we could keep our, our mouth in check. Our mouth gets us in trouble. We spout off. We throw statements out there that can't be taken back. And we wound and are wounded by what should never have been said. The untamable tongue can consume our world, direct our lives, and turn us off the path of obedience. Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes about the ministry of holding our tongue in his book, Life Together. First of all, the ministry of holding our tongue. Think about that. That that could be a ministry in and of itself that I am ministering to people just by keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> Not saying things that I think I got to say. You know, uh, being patient with people, listening. Uh, part of that is listening. But here's what he says. He says, often we combat our evil thoughts most effectively if we absolutely refuse to allow them to be expressed in words. Think about it. When, you know, I know when I've been, let's just say, difficult to deal with, Hannah has said, you know, your problem is your mouth. You, 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 you just keep speaking it. And I admit it, I give voice to the emotions and wrong thinking sometimes. I'm sure that you're the same way. You know, you put your foot in your mouth for, for sure. You know, your anger, your, your judgmental thoughts, or, you know, our, our fears, our insecurities become, they become powerful when we give them words. We give them a voice. They become powerful. They, they can shape our view of other people. They can shape our view of ourselves and the world. And the truth is, when we, we give power to those um, those bad um, emotions, or the maybe I shouldn't say bad emotions are not bad, but we give power to things that we might struggle with that should have never been given a voice, then, then, then it, it, it harms us and those around us. But we can take power away when we refuse to give them a voice. When we refuse to give them uh, a say, you know, I'm insecure. Well, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm not going to say these negative things about myself. Well, I'm afraid. Well, I'm not going to sit here and, and go on and on about my worries, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let, let those feelings be, feel those feelings, but I'm not going to, I don't have to give them the voice. And so many things that we do in our lives that if we would just sit with it, and give it to God, give it to the Holy Spirit, and let the words that come out of us come from what God is doing in us and not what the enemy is whispering in our ears. So what has our tongue? This is the thing. Um, James gives three different analogies, maybe more than that, but three 
uh, here in these uh, verses three through six, he talks about a bit in the mouth of a horse that makes them obey. Talks about a rudder on a ship that, you know, it's a massive ship, but that rudder directs the, the ship where it goes. And then a small spark that sets a whole forest on fire. Well, first of all, let's look at the bit. What has our tongue? Who or what is pulling the reins and how has that turned us off course? What words are pulling us off track? Think about it. Is it a mouthful of insecurity? A tongue tied with pride? Maybe our words are, are words of worthlessness. These things can pull us around and off the path of obedience. What, what have we bitten down on? What, what, what is directing us? And, and how has that pulled us away from really obeying God, really submitting to God, really trusting God? You know, we end up obeying something else. A horse, you know, like a horse we follow where the bit and the rain lead us. Our words can become our reality. Uh, think about this. If you speak a lie long enough, you'll believe it more than the truth. It becomes a, a deep embedded truth in you. you. You tell yourself you're worthless enough or you hear that you're worthless enough. I mean, it don't, it don't matter how many times somebody tries to encourage you, you still leap down, you struggle with that. But <clears throat> something that has become a truth to you. And so we've got we've got to recognize that our words can do like that, that can pull us on these reins. Secondly, a rudder, you know, a rudder determines the direction of a ship. What direction are our words leading us? What what destination is constantly on the tip of our tongue? Uh, you know, we might say one thing, but really our words are telling another story. The the course of our life can actually be changed by the stories we tell ourselves. Uh, when I think about a rudder, for some reason, I think about it being stuck to one side and a boat forever going in, in a circle. Uh, God can can breathe the wind, the mighty wind of the Spirit on us and and our and you know and direct us and, and fill our sails. But it's up to us whether we're letting that sail be um, filled and and are we are we using what God has given us to go the direction He said, or are we are we letting the little rudder, you know, turn us around and put us in circles and get us off track? You know, are we letting the just the little things that our mouth get us into trouble? Are we letting what other people say? What you know, we can live as bitter victims. We can live as jealous competitors. We can just go in circles around and around over the same issue, you know, and like a little island of self, right? And and now I don't believe for one minute that uh, that name it claim it stuff. Okay, I don't believe that you know if I can just declare that I'm gonna have. A 2021 Ford Ranger that I'm gonna get one. Okay, I mean, if anybody does feel the Lord leading you to give one, that's one thing. No, I'm just kidding, but really, I don't. That's magical thinking, and I, faith is not a transaction. Okay, so I'm not saying that if you just change your your um your words, you're gonna all of a sudden get to the destination you want to get. That's not what I'm saying. God's not a vending machine, and and our our but our words. You know, they do have power. They have power to transform our perspective. They have a, the power to reveal the truth and and actually prevent us and, and keep us from living in the lie. So in that way, they are very powerful. So lastly, he, he talks about a spark, okay? There are fires raging all over our world in homes, among neighbors and family members today. 
because of words that were carelessly tossed out. Think about it. Words that were carelessly tossed out in a, in a setting that was ripe for a wildfire of rage, a wildfire of division, a, a wildfire of just lack of love, period. I mean, words carelessly tossed out. And so a word can really do that. A, uh, just, a, just a bad uh, remark or conversation can, can really cause a lot of problems in a family. Our words can hurt each other in that way. The tongue is, is a fire that will burn your whole life, right? It'll burn your whole life to the ground. Um, it, it, it can. It can it can really just um, change the course to of our lives. You know, we, can, we can't just keep a fire over here and not expect it not to ultimately consume every part. It's, it's why James says, human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. When I think of the fire uh, analogy, I think of the anger. And how we have all been burned and probably burned loved ones with our words, our anger, uh, our angry words, and words of bitterness and unforgiveness. And and so, uh, you know, our lives and the, and the people we love, you know, they get caught up in these flames with us. You see marriages ruined. You, you see because of communication, right? Because the communication was impossible. You see families torn asunder because... What has been said and left unsaid, the forest is, is on fire, sadly. So here's the deal. We know how to tame, as James tells us. We know how to tame all creatures, but we've yet to master the tongue. Um, humans can pet lines like house cats and high-five grizzly bears. I mean, I've seen people, I've seen uh, trainers hugging on grizzly bears. I'm like, never, not me. I, I still don't trust that. I'm sorry. But we can, we can, we can, we can tame these animals, and but we can't control the tongue. Um, I one one sermon I read from uh, his name Dennis Davidson on this passage, and he he mentions Flipper. Now I've never seen the movie Flipper, but I've or the show Flipper, but I've heard of the the dolphin in the show, and apparently this famous porpoise started in one of. Uh, that starred in that most popular movie uh, or television series. I mean, he was he was at an actual trained dolphin, and he was in the United States Navy program Sea Lab, Sea Lab Two, off the coast of San Diego. And believe it or not, he carried the mail between the surface and the crew, two hundred and five feet below, and he transported tools and even served as a lifeguard at one point when the crew would pretend to be lost. So think about it. Humans can tame, I mean, most incredible things that we can do and we can train animals, but yet we still can't tame or subdue our own tongue. Thought that was interesting. So here's the bad news. It's untamable. It's the title of this message. It's untamable. James does not offer a solution here. He just says it's set on fire from hell and there's no taming it. So that's the end of this podcast and we'll... no. <laughs> Just kidding. I, it's not the end yet, just yet. But but really, we we got to sit with that for a little bit. The truth is, I, I how do I tame this tongue? How how do I stop it? Well, you're not going to be able to bite your tongue. You're not going to be able to put duct tape over your mouth. There's no spiritual duct tape. Uh, it, there's there's nothing there's nothing to do except for the source of what the tongue is putting out. You see. The tongue is never satisfied. It's never at peace. The tongue will do what it does. 
It's like a faucet that always is on. It's it's often polluted though. So what do we do? Well, we it's not about turning off the faucet. It's about changing what comes out of that faucet. And Paul, or I'm sorry, James talks about that. What flows from it? What what he gives analogy of bearing figs and a fig tree and what kind of tree bears fruit. And so what are, what are we producing? What is our tongue producing? And so let's go further back. It's it's about the wisdom behind the tongue. And you see in verse 13 and through uh, 18 in James 3 that he gives us two types of wisdom. There's a type of wisdom, um, uh, it's the devil's wisdom, the demonic wisdom, the wisdom of this world, and then there's the wisdom from above, the heavenly wisdom. And so the type of wisdom we have will determine what flows from our mouth and what fruit our tongue produces. So it's not about changing the fruit, it's about changing the kind of tree that produces the fruit because you can't make a um, you know, an apple tree bear apple or, or apple tree bear figs and you and you can't make a fig produce apples, but you know, if you can change the tree, if you can change the source, right? And so James doesn't suggest we just tame the tongue, but but he does suggest that we get the right kind of wisdom. Even in chapter one, he says we can ask God for this wisdom. So there's the one wisdom that that's that's uh, about uh, you know it's unspiritual, it's selfish. It says selfish ambition. Uh, it's it's about envy. It's disorder and every kind of evil practice. It says in verse sixteen, and that that way of the world, that that way of doing things, that is a problem and that comes out in our mouths. When we're full of envy, envy, when we're full of deceit, when we're full of bitterness, when we're full of insecurity, whatever it is, I mean, whatever you're full of, it's going to come out in your mouth, right? It's going to come out in your words. You're going to speak it. You're going to say things that line up with what you actually believe down in your heart. And so it's important that we get the right wisdom, that we allow the peace-loving, good fruit of God be produced through us, that, that we live sincere and in love and in faith of God, and that we put our trust in Him, and that we let the the Spirit fill us, then our tongues will do what's right. They will speak what is right because we we started with the source. And so I hope I hope that encouraged you today. I hope maybe you'll take a look at examine a little bit of what you might have uh, been coming out of that untamable tongue of yours, and uh, as I will do the same. And hopefully we can get that right wisdom. From above. Amen.